Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Rich Allen of Tour to Profit. Rich is a high-energy speaker, recognized author, very successful entrepreneur, and sought-after advisor to business owners. He's helped launch several new business startups, advised over 100 business owners, and is active on several for-profit and not-for-profit boards. He's the author of The Ultimate Business Tune-Up, a simple yet powerful business model that will transform the lives of small business owners, and Tour to Profit, a 52-stage race to grow your business, which has something to do with the bike in the background. Rich, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth, glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit because I know you weren't always the Tour to Profit. How did you get started? You know, I actually got started way back when I was working for my dad. My dad started his business when he was 36 years old. Seth, at the time, we had, uh, he had 12 kids. And he was, wow. doing, yeah, he was doing anything he could to make ends meet. So he had this great idea, thought he'd start his own business, grow this thing, and leave a legacy for his eight sons. And while, he was, uh, while it was great at his trade, he actually started a window-washing business, he had no clue how to run a business. Neither did and, I. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, that anybody has a clue about how to run one before they start one. We just get the e-myth, right? We think, oh, I'm a financial advisor, so I can start a business doing that, even though I'm at a Fortune 500 company and don't know how to run a company. And then we've all got to figure it out. So keep going. I apologize. For no, that's exactly you. right. That was, his, that was his reality, right? He was good. He was great with customers, but he had no clue how to run the business. So he struggled for years. I mean, it was bad mightily um, struggled. And over time, each one of us boys left. We figured there's a better life out there somewhere. I was kind of intrigued by what what he was missing. And so I just got in the mode of being a student of business. And over the last 30 years or so, I've worked my way up through corporate ranks and had a chance to run a business myself all the time, trying to figure out what it was my dad was missing. And that's how I got into the business that I'm in today. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that, because obviously two books, over 100 companies advised. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, I had, you know, I was working for a, a private manufacturing company, company you may know of called Pella Corporation. And uh, I was working with them in a functional role, but I always wanted to run a business. 
So I asked my boss at the time if he'd ever let me do it. He said, yeah, let's give it a try. We ended up acquiring a small manufacturing business and he came into my office one day with a key in his hand and said, Rich, this one's yours. So I got, I got a chance to try my hand at a $30 million business. We had about 200 people in the business. That's what, you know, most people start by themselves, like from scratch and working on framing the first dollar of revenue. That's a heck of a jump to say, I'm going to go from employee to entrepreneur with 200 employees and tens of millions of dollars. That's incredible. It was, so uh, there was, it was a, a pretty a learning fat- curve. It, it was, and, and, but I'll tell you, Seth, the reality was I walked in the very first day. I was scared to death. I had no clue what I was going to do. And I, for a couple of weeks, I just walked around the shop faking it, just meeting people, shaking their hands, asking what they were doing, why they were doing it. And then about two weeks in, I had this great idea where all great ideas hit you in the shower. You bet. I had this idea. And I called my admin and I said, all right, let's schedule a meeting. I know what we're going to do. We cleared out a part of the warehouse, brought all 200 people from both shifts in. And I brought this bike that hangs on my wall in and put it at the front of the room. And I asked everybody, what's this? Looking at the bike, right? And they, uh, and they all looked at me like I'd lost my mind. They yeah. thought, what, what nutcase did they send us this time? And I told them, um, look, this isn't a bike, this is our business. And if we could understand how our bike is like this business, um, our business is like this bike, then we can tune up our business and make it go really fast. And so I explained to everybody, I thought through all the different components of the bike, shared with them why I thought our business was like a bike. And Seth, for the very first time, everybody on the factory floor understood how business worked. It was fascinating. And they could all then jump in and help us make the business work. Fast forward seven years, we took a $30 million business, turned it into well over $100 million in revenue. We owned the top end of our market category, and our most difficult competitor made a bid to buy our business. Congratulations. That's one heck of a journey. That was obviously your first big success. And then let's talk about what's happened since then. Well, and then what I did is that at that point, we, um, we sold the business. I took a couple of years off to hang with my family. Then we moved uh, here to Texas, where I live today. And uh, I began the second part of my journey, and that is to, to help business owners, small business owners, understand how their business is like a bike and how they can get their team engaged, radically engaged in their business so they can make their business work. And that's been my life's journey for the last 15 years. I, I, and so I, I spend my time with business owners who, who have a great idea, who want to build a legacy, and they're doing something of, of purpose, and we're just making it happen. That is awesome. All right. I won't ask you to spill the entire secret sauce, but you've done a great job intriguing us. So give us a little snippet of how is our business like a bike? Yeah. So I'll just, it's kind of interesting. Look, we ride a, we steer a bike by using handlebars, right? But when we were kids, Seth, how did we ride a bike? With our hands in the air, right? Because if we were part of the cool kid group, we never used the handlebars. Right. Well, the, today, business owners have to steer their business. But how do you steer a business? You steer a business by painting a picture of what you want the business to look like in the future. 
So you have to have a compelling vision. It's got to be powerful, motivating, inspiring. We got to set high standards and we have to have a purpose that's greater than just the owner making a lot of money. If we can do those three things well, we can steer our business to where we want it to go. So that's step number one, right? Step number two is we have to have a frame for our business. Just like a frame on a bike, it holds everything together. So we have to ask the question, what holds a business together? Many people say it's people. I don't think that's true because people come and go. So we have to hold our business together using a, a organization structure, how people fit together, our job responsibilities, and an accountability system. That's the frame of our business. And it's got to be tight. It's got to be solid. Every, all the handoffs have to be firm. Everything's got to fit tightly together. One last thing I'll share with you Please. real quick, because this is really important. There are two places on the bike where the rubber meets the road, the front wheel and back wheel. In business, there are only two places where the rubber literally meets the road. The front wheel represents our ability to win new customers. The back wheel represents our ability to serve those customers. Those are the two things that are most important in our business, and we gotta, they have to go at the same pace. Make sense? Yes, makes total sense. I love the analogy. What prompted you, and I could see how that could make what could be a complicated business easier to understand. What prompted you to write the books? You know, I wrote the book, uh, Seth, after my dad passed away. So um, my dad passed, and, uh, you know, he, my dad worked in his business until the day he died. Missed out on all the, the goodness that would come, should come from owning and running your own business. He was constantly working in it, never got to enjoy it. And I decided it was time that my, the legacy I would leave for my dad was to take the lessons that he learned, the good and the bad, and translate them into ways that, so that other business owners could avoid the kind of the pains and pitfalls that my dad endured. Sure. And that's obviously part of his legacy and the legacy that came out of your work. So let's get into the weeds just a little bit. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see business owners making that you're helping them fix? Here's one thing that I, that I find, and that is the business owner thinks they're the ones riding their bike. They're the ones on the seat doing all the pedaling. And the reality is, if you've ever watched the uh, Tour de France race, let's say, you'll notice that the owner doesn't ride a bike. The owner's in a car on a radio telling people what's ahead, barking orders, kind of giving them, telling them what to do, giving them the strategy. And that's what a business owner needs to do. A business owner doesn't, can't be successful in business if they're the ones doing all the peddling in their business. They've got to delegate that and put people in place to be able to do those things in their business. I, what, how do you address that when a lar- I'm sure a large percentage of business owners think that they have to get it done, they, it won't get done as well if they don't do it? How do you get them over that mental limiting belief that it has to be done their way and that you know, 80% of it wouldn't be good enough? Yeah, there's a, that's a big limiting belief for some people. It takes a little bit of, of, of a leap of faith to do it. But I will tell you this, it, it happens, it starts when business owners use a systemized approach to hire people. 
because what most business owners do wrong is they is the first time they hire people to join their team, they take whoever's available, or they make this decision to hire their wife's cousin or their their nephew or whatever, somebody that is in the neighborhood, rather than using a process that can help them hire the best person for the job, outline what that person's going to do very systematically, and get somebody that can really perform in that role better than they can. And if they can do that just once, then they'll open their mind to what's possible. That makes total sense. How do you help them figure out how to build the systems that run the bike that other people can operate as opposed to them thinking they've got to do it and it's got to be in their head. Yeah, here's one thing, Seth, that really is pretty important. If I were to ask most business owners to draw me their organization chart, most of them have one box or maybe two themselves, maybe an assistant or a part-time person. And I, I change that paradigm and say, no, we're going to build, we're going to draw the chart by function. So even the smallest business has probably seven or eight boxes on it. We're going to put everybody's name in it, even, it's, even if it's the same person's name in every box. That'll tell them in their head. That'll give them an indication of why they're always tired <laughs> because they're doing seven different roles. And then what I'd like to do is have them build that org chart for the business they want to have in three years so that we'll have boxes on the chart that don't even yet exist. Once we do that, then we can start to pick off one at a time the specific functions that they're not very talented at or aren't gifted at so that they can spend more time in their area of genius and we'll put somebody into that specific role to do that specific task. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's dive in a little deeper because I think as business owners, when we first start hiring, we try and hire people like us who have the same similar personalities and similar skill sets because we think we need to clone us and we need more of us. How do you kind of educate and talk about the fact that we really need to hire for the things we're not good at so that we're not doing them? No, it is. It's a, you know, it's a, I use a Venn diagram for that, right? That basically says, right, you have to have something that you love to do, something you're good at and something that you can make money at, right? The typical Venn diagram. And then we ask the question, what is it that you as the business owner ought to focus on to really make your business successful? All the other things that are going on in a business typically can be done by somebody with a different skill set. But only when they see that they're not being able to spend a lot of time in the thing that they're best at, will they ever go fill the role with somebody that's different than them. But you're absolutely right. Getting someone just like yourself does you no good. It's just more of the same. And we can't have everybody just being a generalist in the business. We want to be successful. We've got to think like a big company. What would this company look like when we're big? Likely, we'd have departments or divisions that did different things because they had different specialties. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. How now, now you've advised over 100 businesses. How does that process work? Who's your ideal client? And then how does that service happen? What does that look like? My ideal client, Seth, is somebody who's, who owns and operates a business. My role and my, my objective is to help business owners who are stuck in their business. They have this great idea, but they're stuck there and they can't move themselves out. 
I, I like to help them build a team so that the team will do the business better than they can so that they can go off and do the next great thing, make the next great investment, do the next good thing for the world. And, and how that happens is that we, we end up in situations like this where they get coaching, they get um, advice, they get structure and uh, a model to follow. We also bring our business owners together so that they have community because the one thing I find most small business owners miss is a sense of community with other like-minded business owners. They're isolated. And, geez, in today's world, the risk is even greater. Absolutely. So do you have any particular industry that you feel you work better in? Do you have revenue and employee number like requirements in order to work with you? How does that work? No, no, not specifically. However, I will say this. I obviously my background's in manufacturing, so I'm very much a, um, a build it kind of guy. And uh, I know that that requires people as well. So I, I like to help businesses that want to build teams because we shouldn't be trying to do all this on our own personal back. We ought to be building, building a business so others can improve themselves, grow into bigger roles, make a difference for themselves. That's my sweet spot. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. For our folks who are watching, who are interested in getting a copy of either of the books, where is the best place for them to go? The best place they can find it is, a, is on my website. It's called tourtoprofit.com. One word, like Tour de France, Tour de Profit, T-O-U-R-D-E-P-R-O-F-I-T.com. And they'll find uh, information about me there. Okay. This has been Seth Green with Rich Allen of tourtoprofit.com. Rich, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.